my, my main role was to make sure you press play and you are really immersed into this story and you feel valued in the story and that you start to get attached to the characters yep. and that we're dripping you enough information that you want to know what happens next. My name's David Savage and you're listening to Tech Talks, the twice-weekly tech podcast discussing ideas and tech news with leaders from across our industry. Coming up on today's show, we've got Adele Anderson. She is the founder of Imagine Active and we are taking a dive into the world of fitness and tech. Joining me today on the podcast, co-host regular Jack Pierce. How are you? Hello, David. Very well. Um, I'm looking at the weather forecast with slight trepidation. Yeah, I mean, I'm about to go play football in an hour's time. I'm hoping the rain stays away for that. And uh, I mean, yeah, no one wants rain on the weekend either, right? Well, also tomorrow night, mate, I'm sleeping out because it's bite night. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm spending a night under the stars so I can really do without it raining. Actually, I'm praying for rain now. Oh, cheers, mate. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, if anyone is is familiar with our show, they'll they'll know that we have been raising money for Action for Children. Bike Night is the big Action for Children event. And the Jungfrau Marathon was also all in aid to that total. So raised about 1,400 quid through that. I think the team total is about three grand. But there is still time to donate. And whilst today's featured guest is Adele Anderson from Imagine Active, after our advert break later in the show, I'm talking to the Jungfrau Marathon winner, Ooh. Bobby Simpson. So even more reason to get into the kind of whole running active mood and give a little bit of money to Action for Children and Bite Night. So, I mean, just, just for a, a tenuous link here, could you say um, Adele? Hello from the exercise. Hello from the exercise. Hello oh, oh, from, oh God. Yeah, you, hello <laughs> from the yeah. exercise. That's awful. I mean, I, it wasn't until I actually said it out loud myself that I was like, "Oh right, yeah." That's I must have trained a thousand times. Yeah, all right. Let's go to the interview. <laughs> so this morning we're talking to Adele Anderson. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Yes, good. Sitting in your Rather spacious flat in Acton, surrounded by cats. Yes, yes, we've got always a cat for every occasion. Which is, yeah, I mean, most people might think podcasts have a studio, but there you go, lifting the veil, not not the case here. Um, You are the founder of a fitness app, in a very basic sense. I mean, it's more than that. But do you want to explain exactly what your business is? Yeah, so there's there's two parts. There's the business, which is Imagine Active. Mm -hmm. Um, and the concept of Imagine Active was to combine exercise and entertainment. We mm-hmm. call it exertainment to make working. <laughs> um, we wanted to make working out more fun for yeah. people who wouldn't normally end up in a gym, um, who are probably not going to download, you know, like a serious fitness app. People who sit there go, I probably should exercise, but actually there's 50 things I'd rather be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the idea of Imagine Active. And then Apocalypse Survival Training was our trial product. Yep. So our attempt at proof of concept. And it's kind of tapping into that zombie apocalypse, dystopian kind of narrative that people love in science fiction. Absolutely. I mean, the, the origins was I had a lot of friends who were using the Zombies Run app. Right. Um, which is very, very popular and very successful. Um, but it's only running. And they were like, Adele, I still can't do a push-up. You know, could you create something? How long people have <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Zombies Run has really made running, um, like quite mainstream it's yeah. been it's been enormous for it like it's converted 
thousands of people who said they hate running into I mean, running. But I, I do talk to a lot of people who just say, oh, I just don't like running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not a runner myself. I mean, I love exercising, but um, I have... Um, I don't have great natural technique with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely need diversion to get yeah. myself through it. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I'm sympathetic to, to people right. who feel that way. Um, but it was like, could we could we use audio drama to, um, to broaden accessibility to exercise? Because, you know, running is great, but it's also very important that people do have strength, that they have mobility as well. Mm-hmm. In terms of the people signing up to the app, how many, how many users have you got? So we have uh, 1,400 accounts yeah. at the moment. Do you have much idea about the demographic in terms of what kind of people are downloading this? Is it, is it a different population to what you might imagine? Because I would, I, would, I would assume, maybe wrongly, you know, 18 to 35 might look as, at the gym as their natural kind of go-to. But maybe this would appeal to someone slightly older who's maybe a bit uh, intimidated by a gym environment? Um, at the moment, we don't have as much data as we wanted because when you design your sign-up, mm. um, you decide what information you're going to ask from people. And it's really important to ask for information that's relevant to their workout experience. Yeah. Because in its MVP mode, uh, Apocalypse Survival Training doesn't give you a huge amount of performance feedback. Right. We couldn't really justify asking for people's names and really specific information. So it was something that like when we were doing the design phase, there was a group of people who were sort of saying, get all the data you can, it's really valuable. Yep. And then another group of people going, don't ask for anything you don't need because it will put people off. Mm-hmm. So what we hope is if we can, um, obviously this is, this is our MVP and it's our, our proof of concept. Um, and if it goes well and it starts to sell and it starts to take off, um, then we can improve the app. And yeah. when we can get more data back to the user, um, then we'll be able to get more information. So at the moment, we don't have a lot of data about our users, which is kind of frustrating. But when you're, <laughs> when you're building that user experience for them, how do you go about kind of working out what's going to engage them and interest them? Because if you're, if you're creating narrative around exercise, you know, you could go for the, we're going to create, because as I understand it, you are a character in the story yes and i suppose you're being told to do certain things by other characters and they could be the the stereotypical gym type character or they could be someone entirely different so i suppose it's quite fun to work out what will engage people yeah well there's there's two things on that so there's there's the app um and the engagement of the app and the usability of the app um, and then there's the the way that the audio drama has yeah. been constructed. So so my background is in, in teaching fitness and in writing and creative. Um, so we have put so much effort into um, the way that the story is constructed. We rewrote the, well, I said we, I rewrote the first episode seven times. We right. remade it four times um, to, to try and make it. So once you press play, like my, my main role was to make sure you press play and you are really immersed into this story and you feel valued in the story and that you start to get attached to the characters yep. and that we're dripping you enough information that you want to know what happens next. Um, so that's the audio experience mm. and a huge amount of time and effort was put into how the, the characters work with you. Um, and also we created a 3D binaural experience. So you have some people on your left, some people on your right. You have aliens behind you, beside you, in front of you. Um, so you're actually standing in a 3D oral space. Mm. Um, the app is another matter completely. So where at the moment our content is very strong. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of trouble with app development. 
Um, we've had five app developers and our fifth app developer. Although that's, just that's a common story. So. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't met anyone who's gone through five developers. Like I've, I've met people who've gone through a lot more money on developers, but I think I've got the record now for like number of developers to drop off the project. Um, you need to developer who's really into fitness. I'm not, I'm not proud of this. For. Yeah, I know. We, we, we had a guy who really, really wanted to do it, but he just didn't have time. Yeah. And this is the thing, like sometimes you'll find someone who's got the passion but if they don't have the, the time to commit to it, you can never get the project to yeah, work. And that's yeah. why, so we tried two freelancers and it didn't work. Um, and then three agencies and that didn't work either. Um, but so the, so the app itself is quite basic and really what we wanna do is to be able to make sure that the user experience on the app gets better. And that when you finish an episode, so we've given you this amazing story experience and exercise experience, but at the end now it just says, congratulations, Risky, you finished an episode. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and we need to be able to make the user journey inside the app more compelling. Yeah. Um, but I, because we've been through so many developers, and this has taken years, it's taken four and a half years now. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we've ended up in that very unfortunate situation where you sit there and go MVP, MVP, MVP. We don't go minimum viable product. I always go for minimum valuable product. I've yeah. been really pushed by a lot of people to get it out sooner, get it out sooner. But I genuinely believe if you give a bad experience you don't get people back. Mm. Like you can't put out something that's this un this different and bizarre and not give a good experience. Yeah, look, I think that's an interesting point because you're being very candid about the difficulties of being a, a startup entrepreneur and that's really valuable for people to hear, but it would be, be a lot easier given your background to go for something more basic. And you oh know, you God, think about yeah. the success of something like Sweat, <laughs> which is studio fitness, basically for anyone in their living room and that's kind of it there's no there, there isn't this narrative arc there's yeah. not the creative element Are you not, why not why why do you want to build something that's slightly different and not go for you know what that's making a hell of a lot of money <laughs> and I know fitness and I could do that yeah um so I wanted to I love stories mm. I mean, you've, you've seen my bookshelf yeah um and and when I moved here I sacrificed a vast number of books and it was literally painful to do. Um, I love storytelling. I love being in stories. I love that engagement. Um, and I just feel like a lot of exercise these days is it's sets and it's reps and it's measurements. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a whole extra element that's about emotions and commitment and resilience and courage yep. um, and actually storytelling for your own life. And this is what I try to incorporate into my group exercise classes. So you know, if you come to my group exercise class, yes, I'm going to you know, give you a bunch of exercises and tell you how to do them well, but then also I'm gonna coach you through specific peaks and difficult phases and try and give you inspirational tools to dig a little bit deeper to go that little bit further. Mm. Um, and that's something that you can do story is manipulative and you can really manipulate people emotionally in a positive way Yes, yeah. by putting something into a story. And I was like, why does this not exist? Like, why is storytelling not something that is being used more in fitness? And then, you know, when Zombies Run really sort of set the benchmark for it can be done and converted hundreds of thousands of people who don't like running to discovering that they like running, I was like, well, that's, that's quite magic. Mm. Do, you think, um, do you think the trick is that they don't really recognize it as exercise in quite the same way? Um, I think, so Zombies Run is, is an interesting one because there's not actually a huge amount of storytelling in it. As in, 
Um, you have bits of storytelling, and I mean, it, it has a huge story. Mm. I don't, don't get me wrong, um, but but quite a lot of it is is working to the music, your music, and you've ch- chosen that playlist. Um, so they set up scenario that requires you to be fast, yeah, to stay alive, um, and that's really like a cool emotional hook. Um, so people are definitely exercising, but it's like there's a purpose to the exercise, yeah. and that's the thing with apocalypse survival training. Uh, as well and, and in anything that we'll try and do is that it's not just exercise because you should be fit or you should lose weight or you should do that well there's someone scary shouting at you yeah <laughs> well, sometimes there is someone scary shouting at you <laughs> wait wait not just that wait till you meet Sergeant yeah. Hartman um but, <laughs> um but yeah so they they know they're exercising but the exercise has a emotional function mm. as well as a physical function yeah it's not just a run it's survival um, and also in that story, you you have a mission on each um, episode, and the same with Apocalypse Survival Training. Like literally, the the future of the world is on your shoulders, and we've sort of put you into that situation where you know, if not you, who else? Yeah. Um, everything that you do matters. So yeah, they they know they're exercising. They know they're exercising in Apocalypse Survival Training as well. But yeah. there is much like there is a meaning to yeah. the exercise. Yeah. So. How often do you recommend that someone tunes in to the story each week? Well, if we can get our production sorted out, um, the the goal, so Apocalypse Survival Training is plotted at 37 episodes. Right. And um, we've only got 10 completed because they're quite expensive to make. Like these are full length audio drama. So the whole thing is scripted, uh, performed, post-produced. We've done the composition. We've done the sound effects. And then we've, we've done audio effects on all of the voices. So like, yeah. like this is heavy, heavy lifting. Um, the, the goal is to end up being able to produce enough episodes that we would love people using it three times a week. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse Survival Training is split into running episode followed by a body weight circuit training episode followed by a yoga stretch episode. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're going to love that one. Yeah, no, not so much. You need uh, that one. Yes, maybe. Um, but, but that would actually represent a really healthy, basic workout set for someone who probably doesn't like exercise that much. Mm. And it isn't exercising that much. Um, but we say that we give you the speed, strength and control you need to get apocalypse ready. <laughs> so, look, if someone's interested, how do they get hold of it? Is it on, I assume it's on iOS and Google. Yeah, it's Android on iOS and Android. Android. Yes, yeah. on both. Yeah. And is it subscription-based? Is it free and I mean, I assume so, there's so a subscription. So it's premium at the moment. Right By the way, when, okay. when you look it up, uh, if you're in the UK and you put in Apocalypse Survival, it will pop up training. But if you're anywhere in the world, you'll have to put in the full title and then you'll have to search. Right. <laughs> just, just as a headliner. Um, so do put in Apocalypse Survival training to find it. Um, so at the moment, it's freemium. You download the app and episode one, you have two trials on. You have oh, to play okay. it up to 10 minutes. So you, you can play it a couple of times just to get a feel for it. Um, and then you can either purchase by episode mm-hmm. or you can purchase the first 10 episodes for a bundle buy. Yeah. Well, look, I am going to try it once yes. I've got this ridiculous marathon out <laughs> on Saturday. By the time this goes out, I, I will have tried it. We will be talking about it, myself, my co-host, uh, afterwards. But um, look, thank you for your time. And uh, it's really interesting to hear how people are trying to innovate fitness because it is a huge industry, but it's quite... Well, it's not being disrupted as much as it possibly could be. Yes, I'd agree with that. It's it's a lot of the same things coming around and around.
Right. Okay. So um, I've had the pleasure of trying the app. You you haven't. Uh, I noticed as we, started, as we started as we started recording, you were rolling a cigarette, which I think is yes. genius for a for, yes. a for a podcast all about health and fitness this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, but hey, I do my running. I'm off to play yeah. football in a minute as yeah, well. Look, I am play. still. I, I tr- fitness for me is about counteracting all the bad stuff I do to my body, <laughs> which there are many. Yes. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, you've listened to the interview. Uh, what do you think of it as an idea? Um, quite honestly, Dave, uh, it's phenomenal. Like as someone like me who you know sees himself as a bit of a creative, uh, you know, a wannabe entrepreneur, this is one of the best ideas I've ever had the pleasure of hearing i mean rein and you allude to it in the show you don't allude to it you, you call sweat out you know there's plenty of people out there that are making exercise more accessible but no one out there's making it more fun yeah look i i put it on an instagram post as well today hn tech talks if you fancy following uh but i put it on, a, on an instagram post today that uh exercise can be quite intimidating and it is great yep. that there are apps uh that are making it more accessible but sweat and sweat is a, is a huge runaway success story yeah. It's it's very competitive. It uses leaderboards. It, it monitors heart rate, uh, and it's still it's still quite. It's not macho because it's aimed at, at females predominantly. Not to say that women can't be macho. Of course they can, but it's 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 very much more of that, you know, in your face kind of let's exercise kind of model, I guess. And you've got a Peloton, which again, studio cycling from home. But if you're going to have a static bike at home with all the equipment, it's going to be quite costly as well. So that's yeah. not quite a high bar of entry. Whereas this, um, there's there's a subscription to get the episodes, but it's not a huge amount of money. It's certainly less than a gym membership. And you have got not only running, but studio fitness of a sort in terms of circuits and and yoga there. That 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 is a really good complete workout, uh, in a way that feels very accessible. It's the it's the immersion that I like. I mean, I remember getting ever so excited, uh, and I'll forget the company name, of course, when we had the guys that were doing uh, adverts within AI platforms and games and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, it's this real immersion within something that really excites me. And ex- some people will say they love to exercise, but I'd say about 80% of us loathe to exercise, but we do because, you know, we don't want to die. And anyone that's, you know, immersing exercise in a new world, uh, in a new environment, it's it's a great thing to be doing and yeah i mean i can't wait to try it out i might even try it out this weekend david well look i mean i i will listen to music when i run at times uh i will Me also too. listen to audiobooks uh because Ooh, sometimes... okay. wait, what's the last audiobook you had on whilst i was running yeah uh, ready player one Ooh, okay all right i i quite like that stories in particular can certainly distract you and if you start you then you, you listen to the story uh and you're not really thinking about the fact that you're running and it's quite repetitive and i i find i find running very therapeutic but at times when you're running around the same streets you've always ran around it can be a little bit mind-numbing um the great thing about narrative of it is it really is distracting and disarming in a way that music sometimes can wash over you um and and i love that this merges those two worlds together i think that's just such an important point you make there i mean yeah, I, I can't agree with it more, David, to be quite honest. I think this is, you know, coming at it from, coming at exercise from a different perspective, making it creative, making it fun, taking that boringness out of exercise. Because like I say, I've got the same music playlist I listen to every time. I find mm. myself skipping through it now, you know. I, yeah. I, I long for something different. I mean, I have tried running to an audiobook before, uh, The Blood Meridian, which if anyone's ever read or listened to it, it's grim and dark and, you know, 
the people are being chased by savages in that book. It just didn't work for me. So I, I think maybe like something more interactive or more inclusive. And yeah, uh, you know, I mean, this it, this is this is uber geeky. It's it's kind of stealing trope from Avatar and gremlins and all sorts but it's fun you know it's geek. uber geeky but it's fun and i'm a massive nerd um, geek culture is the zeitgeist yeah. you know that way that really reminds me of a joke on parks and recreation where tom says to ben look you have to really bore her say some of your geeky stuff just to bore this person and he goes well i think you'll find that uh, geek culture is actually part of the current zeitgeist and everyone finds it entertaining yeah. and tom replies to him yeah say exactly that that's what makes it boring but you know being geeky is now cool you know yeah. it's it's the new thing and i think they're really onto something here. They're really harnessing a, a, yeah, a yeah. new, uh, and you know, the demographicness about it all as well is that there's no age limitations to it. Whereas you know, people might feel as though there is with sweat and things like that. Also, I, I will point out that I hope Adele's listening. I thought this was hilarious. Uh, Adele plays one of the characters in the first episode uh, called Bay, uh, who Bay. comes along and, and helps you in your mission. I just, it was great having sat opposite her an interview day and then going, oh, hang on a minute, I know this voice. Um, yeah, she plays kind of this uh slightly kick-ass character who's who's trying on a wedding dress and then throws oh. those aliens and stuff it's quite fun well you know what you know what bay is uh, uh, is initialized after like bay it means something it means was it before anything else so Does it's it? an ap- apropos name for uh for someone helping you on your quest there you go but it's great i mean running actually is a little bit tricky to get into at times i i was kind of thinking is, is my is my posture right you know people can end up with slight lower back problems and it kind of feels a bit niggly the great thing about this is it does go through a little bit of technique in a fun way it kind of it gives you a few simple tips and it is interval it's not just you're you're, you're speeding up or slowing down but it's definite kind of lengthen your stride shorten your stride kind of take it easy now sprint so there's 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 variations as well there so you you can't just let it wash over you've got to listen because mm. they're giving you instructions and okay if, if if you were wanting to be totally whatever about it you could just listen and not really kind of re- respond but it's a lot of fun if you know you play along with it as you're listening it keeps you engaged and it's good fun yeah i mean i can't wait to try it look the first episode is free as well so you can you can you can do a bit of freemium to try it out mate bit of what bit of freemium to try it out i haven't heard that one i love oh, that portmanteau. yeah that's great how have you not heard that no idea how's that how's that escaped my life freemium. i have no idea I yeah. offer a freemium service to Rosie, I like to think. Uh, do you? Yeah, in that, you know, she doesn't have to pay me. Uh, not for, oh, taking this. I didn't mean it. <laughs> no, I, I, wasn't, talking, I wasn't. No, let's, no. Let's just move on, move on. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah, thinking that. Yeah, you, no, uh, yeah anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For once, I'm lost for words on this podcast. No. Um, <laughs> too much information, Jack. Um, so you're going to play football tonight, yeah? Yeah, we actually, fun fact, we've got two games back to back because of a scheduling mishap and it's right. both against top of the league. Uh, we have four players out, so we're getting three uh, ringers in. Right. I'm so, I'm so not looking forward to it. Why don't you uh, download AST and use that to run run yourself over there? How, how long would it take if you ran it? Dave, it's a mile end. It's, it's, it's a seven minute run, I think. It could take a mile uh, to get no, there. The, yeah, the, episode, the episode's about... 40 minutes so 40 minutes see that's perfect see that's that's kind of what 8k ish uh, i suppose depending on your fitness levels the good thing of course about this is that it doesn't matter how fit you are and if you if it, if it takes you a long time that's fine but as long as you enjoy the story it's all that matters hey cool well look adele uh 
amazing, amazing uh, idea and concept. Brilliant to bring podcasts and stories and fitness together in a, in a new, slightly different way. Uh, stay tuned. After the break, we're coming straight back in with an interview with Robbie Simpson, the guy who, who won the Jungfrau Marathon, this nuts race. Two hours, 58 minutes for a marathon up a mountain one and a half times the height of Ben Nevis. Uh, I did that. That's why you should give me some money towards bike night, which is tomorrow night when I'm sleeping out in the rain because it's a good cause for Action for Children. With that, we'll go to the advert break. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Right, as most listeners to the podcast will be aware, because I've been going on about it for six months, uh, I was training for the Young Farrow Marathon to raise money for action for children for bike night, which is this weekend. Um, and two weeks ago, actually ended up doing the Young Farrow Marathon. And today, we've got the winner, Robbie Simpson, on the phone. Hello, Robbie. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for giving up some time. Uh, no problem at all. Yeah, look, I'll be I'll be frankly uh, honest. Um, slightly in awe of the fact that you ran that thing in under three hours. But um, yeah, congratulations! That's what the second second year you've run, won it in a row. Um, yeah, it's the second year I won it in a row, and the third time I've won the race. Um, yeah, so it's good to go back there. Um, I think I've actually run it six times in total. I think it was my third time that I did it that I won it uh, for the first time. We often tell people that mental health, physical health is going to be improved by exercising. Today's show in the first half of it was a was a technology fitness app. Obviously, you don't have the technology element in your running, but how, how did you get into the kind of running that you do? Because it's not road marathons. You are, you are going around the world running up mountains. I mean, that's quite an extreme thing to get into and get as good as you are at. Oh, thanks. Uh, no, it's something that I really, really enjoyed. I mean, I started out running in the town I live, Bankery, which is, you know, when I grew up here, there, there weren't really many runners around and there weren't many races on, but we've got a lot of really nice trails around and forests and hills. And I quite liked, you know, hill walking and, you know, climbing mountains when I was a kid. But then when I got into running, I really used it as a way to try and explore new places. And I was a bit frustrated, obviously, when I was a kid, because I couldn't do everything I wanted to do without, you know, my parents kind of coming with me. When I started mm -hmm. running, you know, I could just go and do that, explore on my own. So I just run up, you know, the local hills and trails. Um, and of course, most of the competitions were like cross country, back and road. And I was a junior, which I did, but to be honest, didn't enjoy it as much. But then as soon as I found the sport, hill running and mountain running, I, you know, I got into that and really enjoyed it. At what point did you realize that you had a bit of a talent for it? And, and you know, rather than just winning races at a, lo at a local level, you could kind of compete at, at an elite stage. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I ran internationally the, the first time when I was 15. Um, I went to Italy and did a, a World Youth Cup sort of mountain running event. And to be honest, you know, I did pretty terribly. I was about halfway down the field, um, but it, it was enjoyable. You know, I just thought, you know, even coming out of here and not being up with the best, I'm still enjoying that. But it really motivated mm. me to train harder. And I think it would have been 17 when I then had a good result in the world, it was the World Mountain Running Championships. Um, I think it was, again, it wasn't amazing, but it was, it was top 20 and it was a bit of a confidence boost. And then 
thought, you know, I've improved every year, so there's no reason why I can't you know, keep continuing to improve. I assumed that I would be one of the older people running that race two weeks ago, and I'm 34. <laughs> and yet, actually, that I, I feel, you know, my wife said the same to me, I feel like I was one of the older people. Um, there seems to be a huge amount of people in their 40s and 50s running, which I thought was fantastic, because it's one of those things that maybe you think when you kind of hit your mid-30s that you haven't got a huge amount of time left to do these things, but... Yeah, the field the field was a lot older than I imagined, and I don't know whether is it is this just something that people get into later in life because it is a bit nuts. Um, yeah, I mean maybe not so much that it's nuts. I think people <laughs> when you're you're younger, there's so many different sports you can do, and you know I think a lot of people miss the the best years of their kind of athletic ability because they tend to be busy with family, jobs, you know, in their twenties and thirties, and then they come into it a little bit later just when they really want to find some way of unwinding and, uh, you know, relaxing and also keeping fit. So, and I think also running is one of those sports that you can be really good, even when you get into your, you know, your forties and your fifties, because your endurance, um, you know, doesn't really go anywhere. Like you lose your kind of top end speed and strength, I think for other sports, you know, once you get past your thirties, but in running your endurance stays, stays good, you know, um, for a long time. So you can still compete. And I've raced against guys who are, you know, in their seventies and even some in their eighties, you know, in mountain racing. So it's encouraging to see, you know, that I could still be doing it um, a long time from now. And yeah, yeah. You, you do have your own business, Hidden Peak Running, and your your uh, your partner in that Fraser Klein. He's he's quite a bit older himself, right? Yeah, so Fraser's in his sixties now, and um, you know, he was a brilliant marathon runner back in the eighties. Um, you know, one of Scotland's fastest ever marathon runners, and um, he's still running now. So he's still. You know, he's actually had a bit of a heart problem, but he's still able to run, you know, most, not every day, but say four or five days a week mm-hmm. and, um, you know, keep himself really fit, which is, which is amazing, you know, and yeah, absolutely. 40 years of running and he's still, he's still going well. So look, I mean, one of the things that in the run-up to the, to the young fraud that people kept saying to, to me and my friends who were doing it, because we live and work in central London. I'm not, I'm, I'm from Northumberland originally, but I, I, my entire adult life has been in London. And we were kind of talking about the fact we were about to run up this mountain. And people were saying, well, how, how are you training for it? And in the end, we just kind of did loads of squats and burpees and lunges, if I'm perfectly honest, and did as much lower body and core work as we could. But if you were talking to people and, and they were a bit of a novice and they didn't know how to get into it, but maybe running a lot around the streets of London seems a bit boring to them, but the idea of running in the countryside out in the hills does appeal to them, but they don't know how to get started. What would you advise they do? Um, well, I'd be tempted to look at some local events that are say trail races. Um, you know, you think that all the trail races and mountain races are where all the mountains are, but generally they're not that far away from all the people are because you know, obviously, the more people there are, the more will come to the event. So even outside of London, I think you get quite a lot of path, you know, races on paths, forest paths, and you know, along the rivers and things. I'd be tempted to try and find one of those trail events and go along and get talking to people who are there, um, mm-hmm. because you'll meet some nice people there who are into that, and maybe actually stay in the same place you, you know, nearby where you are, and then you can get involved in a group. I mean, there could be running clubs as well. You know, if there's clubs locally where you are, some of the people there might be interested in those events too. It's just trying to find the right group of people and then they'll know routes that you don't know, you know, in the local area. And it's always surprising just how many nice places there are to run, even in the cities. You know, you can find nice canals and little paths kind of going through areas of countryside you didn't even know existed. But you just have to find people who know about it or, you know, get out and explore. 
And, um, you know, running is one of those things that you can do it on your own. You know, I quite like running on my own and just exploring new places. But also, if you're happier in a group, you could find a group of, you know, five or ten people you could go for a run with um, and they can show you around. And, you know, it's a much more social way of doing it. Yeah. And um, I suppose with mental health being such a, a hot topic, um, finding people with like minded interests and and maybe getting outside and getting that sense of perspective is, is a nice way to unwind and, and may well help with that. Um, look, I, I mentioned you've got your own business, Hidden Peak Running, um, but you are up in, in Aberdeen. Any plans to somehow expand that? Are you are you kind of thinking about what you might do to try and take running to a few more people? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're just seeing how it goes locally, doing these like uh, group kind of running sessions. And every time we've done one, we've had more and more people turning up, which is great, you know, and good feedback. So, what we'd like to do is get that going and maybe spread out to a few other areas in the northeast. Then also try and develop a, an online kind of presence and maybe be able to produce training plans and share ideas, you know, with different people. We've got a Facebook page where I try and write the occasional, you know, post about how to get the most out of your training and things like that, and a few different ideas for, you know, trying new new training techniques and things. Um, so we're trying to think of ways to do that, but at the moment. I really like getting outside, getting to meet up with other runners. And um, a lot of the runners we have are actually beginners, you know, people who haven't ran very much before and, and they're meeting other people who are like-minded. And yeah, it's been really good fun so far. And if someone was interested in finding out a bit more, what's the best way to do it? Is it to go to the website, to go to Facebook, which you mentioned, or what, what would you suggest? Um, yeah, so we have a website, which is hiddenpeakrunning.com and, um, and also the Facebook page, Hidden Peak Running. And I think the Facebook page is good because it gives you updates on where we are, you know, where we're doing the sessions and some other tips and, you know, posts that we might make about training. And the website just gives a detail of basically what we offer, but we don't really update the website too much, more the Facebook page. Cool. So what's what's next? Are you going to go for a hat-trick um, at the Jungfrau? Um, potentially. I'm just letting this year kind of sink in a bit and then um, planning what I want to do next year. I quite fancy doing doing another road marathon maybe next spring. Um, I normally do one, you know, after the winter just so I can train for it, and it really helps me kind of go from the, the sort of you know um, build up to the mountain running season, having the sort of speed in the legs and the endurance from the marathon training. Although, to be honest, I don't enjoy running on the roads very much. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that in the spring, and then kind of go back on the mountains for um, you know from June onwards. I like to admit, I. I... I watched the highlight video that the, the Jungfrau Marathon have put together um, of, of basically the elites going up. And it was it was quite nice for someone like me who is new and amateur to this to see that a lot of the elites were walking up that final bit by the bagpipes. But I did notice you, you seem to be the only person who ran up it and saluted like it was, you know, just a stroll in the park. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't, but it was slightly disconcerting. No, it was, uh, it was really tough there. And to be honest, a lot of the elite guys were walking up there because the, the first group started off so fast. And, you know, I was quite a long way behind the leaders up until, well, even at 30K, 32K, I was still quite a few minutes behind. And I only got in the lead just before the bagpipes, maybe one kilometre before then. So I was really, that section where I was running, you know, I was really pushing there. And that's where I managed to open up quite a gap on the other guys. Um, I always like seeing the bagpipes at the top, you know, um, it's, it's a nice thing. And, you know, so I was just happy to get to that point. And um, I think it was good because if there was somebody close behind me and they were struggling and they could see me still running up that steep part, they would have thought that, you know, I had plenty of energy left. Whereas, yeah. you know, I didn't, but uh, 
was just focusing on getting to the end as quickly as possible. Well, look, congratulations. Uh, enjoy your off-season. Thank you very much for spending some time to talk to us uh, on, on Tech Talks, especially given that we have talked about this event so much. I know you, you, you won't have been privy to that, but we have spoken about it a hell of a lot. So um, really a pleasure to speak to, to the guy who actually went and, and, and won the whole thing. Well, thanks very much. And I hope the training goes well for next year. <laughs> yes, I don't think we're going to get close to three hours somehow. Maybe, maybe five. We'll see how much we can push ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's a good target. Definitely. Cool. Thank you for your time. Thanks very much.